0: best world it's time to get back in
1: it is oh <laughs> believe me i'm way in
0: so i've only said so i've only watched one of them so sorry viewers that i won't be able to speak more eloquently on on this well one like episode i'll briefly this this
1: stops. isn't much of a spoiler to tell you that episodes one and two are essentially completely unrelated
0: oh good Good. I was concerned that they would be related.
1: So so you're not? Yeah. This is Westworld. Come on. So I'm just saying that if, if we talk about the entire storyline in episode 1 or the episode 0 it's, it's not... None, none of it is outdated.
0: I, um... at the very end of it of this first episode The Meat cute. Sure. The lady said to me where is the, um... the... So, you know, she's trying to look, look for the name, and like Thandy? <laughs> and it's like, and it's just like, and F- goes to the you know the uh, um, HBO showing a preview for the next episode. Yeah. It's just an image of her. It's like yep. instant. I like say her name, and she like shows up, and I'm like, I have a feeling this is going to be a Monty Python now for something completely different. So, thank you for that confirmation. So,
1: what do you think about? the world that they've created are where are you on a scale from one to 10 in to out or zero to nine grand?
0: It's fine. It's fine. What's funny is I think in, in season one, well, I guess maybe this is part of, I'm going to say this and I'm going to immediately have to backtrack, but this is what I was thinking about. Like in in season one, it felt like the world that we were talking about was much closer to our world. Hmm. And then, and now that we're there, it's like, this is very far in the future, but doing that great thing of like, there's still a Land Rover yeah, in pristine detail. That's only slightly upgraded. I don't know how to feel about that. I mean, I, I, I really, I really
1: like the world. I kind of like the Land Rovers. I could easily see there being like future style anachronisms, like things that just don't change. I mean, I think it's. I think they've done a really smart job of thinking about what actually fasts forward in the world mm-hmm. and what isn't necessarily going to fast forward in the world. Mm-hmm. And if you think about how, like, certainly cars haven't changed for the past, they haven't materially changed for the past fifty years.
0: Yeah. So you're saying the '70s car. Yeah, I would say you're you're kind of right. There have been some eras where it looks a little bit different, dated, and stuff yeah. like that. But yeah, basically from the end of the 60s to now, they're not, I mean, going going back to Ford versus Ferrari, I mean, it's like the end, the tail end of the car 1.0, not yeah. 0. 0.0, but 1.0. Yeah.
1: Yep. No, I, I agree with that. So I, I like those and I, I like the way that they've, I, I think the tech upgrades, I mean, maybe I'm just too excited about like the future of tech, but I feel like the tech upgrades, I feel like we actually could be f- further in the future, and 20, whatever, 2038? Is that what they're saying? 2058, I
0: think. 58, yeah. yeah. But, so, what I'm saying is, like, I'm immediately, as I'm talking, saying, talking about both sides of my mouth, but you're talking, <laughs> Westworld is a mix of um, the, the, um, when ed harris is old and ed harris is the young hacker guy from um (laughs) from house of cards house of cards yeah yeah you have you have this mix of the hacker guy from house of cards and um apollo 13 houston and i guess i mean that's more than 38 years right so i guess we're So you are saying this is happening right now, which makes a little bit more sense. It's almost wrong, but almost right. Okay. I'm fine. I'm sorry. I feel like we have danced around this far too long and not mentioned it. The Terminator planes. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) The lady got through the show and said something to the extent of like, this is basically becoming Terminator. And I had been thinking about that the whole time because of the Terminator planes, a.k.a. a mix of drones and the terminator planes (laughs) i I think i think there's a lot of there's a lot of like
1: blade runner in it that too like a ton of blade like blade runner feeling like blade runner and terminator which you know if you're gonna rip something off
0: you could do do, do a lot worse yeah i you could I like what do you it. think about the the change to the the intro uh the credit scene. Oh,
1: way in. Come on. Of course I'm going to be in on that. It feels like there's feels like there's clues abounding in that. Yeah. So, would you would you recommend this to someone who hasn't like loved previous seasons of Westworld,
0: but has watched them?
1: Uh maybe maybe didn't necessarily finish season 2. Is it worth finishing season 2 to watch season 3? so far
0: sure i mean i think that i've forgotten enough of the end of season two that i'll have to i'm like reminding myself what happened so yeah, yeah. i didn't like did not like the butcher shop
1: no 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 not in. i like i like the stakes in this season i think i think the story's gonna unfold for a little while uh, i'm excited to see what they do with it let's put it at that
0: I am I I'm excited too. We'll see what happens in episode two. I assume uh it will be bouncing around like that for a couple a little while. I think so.
1: We'll check back in.
0: Aaron Paul, Kid Cuddy? Marshawn Lynch. Marshawn Oh <laughs> uh, this is the first time that we've seen Jesse Pinkman like in a while. We've heard him for the last couple of years. Yep. Yep. Well, I you, you can him.
1: actually see, you know, real life Jesse, like actual Jesse Pinkman in the Netflix, El Camino, that I assume you didn't watch.
0: Oh, I, I did not watch that. Um, F- real life, fake life, Jesse Pinkman? Yeah. <laughs> it's... Um, do, you, do you think of him more
1: as Jesse Pinkman or as Todd? Seeing him, it's
0: Todd. It's not Todd.
1: I think... I think that I am fifty percent in that when I see him I think Jesse Pinkman and then the minute he starts talking I'm like it's Todd.
0: Anytime that he's like the um, ADR, it is Todd. Yeah. It is sort of funny. <laughs> yeah. But he he's taking a different affectation, which is which is fun. But this is a little bit like Brian Crinston right? Like the last time that we saw most of these people the last time they saw um, him is Jesse Pinkman. He had such a iconic character for so many people. And then all of a sudden he's I mean, this could be a continuation of the Jesse Pinkman story if we didn't have quite as much background on the military stuff. Sure. This could be a continuation. This could be him <laughs> after escaping. Oh yeah. No, I I yeah. Agreed. Lending some um I guess it's it's sort of like Bryan Cranston to Breaking Bad. It lends something to this character that we already know this actor so well in one role. Yep. No, I, I totally, totally agree space. with that.
1: It's like seeing John Hamm in anything. Right.
0: Yeah, Don, what you doing here? <laughs> Get back to the 60s.
1: All right, for the rest of the pod, we are going to talk about some upcoming projects that we've been brainstorming and what we're actually going to work on, talk a little bit about the implications for the delayed baseball season and what we're actually going to try and work on in the meantime. So here we go. Uh, If you're anything like us, everything is completely crazy right now, so you'll have to forgive us for not making a ton of progress on projects.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, talk about a wrench. Um, it's tough I mean it is tough to even just jump into the baseball world knowing that it's delayed on top of time constraints as the world has evolved um, I'm sure that we're not the only ones I'm sure our listeners are hitting the same thing and hopefully our listeners are haven't missed us too much <laughs> well I think I I guess for me
1: it's hard to we're we're in a rolling draft right now and I find it it's making me draft differently because I feel like the stakes are totally different in a fantasy baseball season
0: right now. You do, you have no idea what it's going to be. You have no idea what the, f- the problem is you don't know what the baseball is going to be. And then on top of that, you don't know what the fantasy season is going to be. Yep. What are we going to have to, what if, if we only have an 18 week season, what are we going to do on the fantasy side?
1: Well, I mean, I think certain fantasy formats will be okay. Like Roto, Roto. is fine. It's fine. Head to head is I mean F'd. tough. Tough. I think in a twelve in a twelve teamer, if you had eighteen weeks you could cycle through each team once and then still have the playoffs and that's it. Mm-hmm. But then you only get Yeah. That that's it. <laughs> and speaking but of But
0: you sp- can't we can't even p- you know we're sort of drafting right now but we can't even plan for that because we don't know
1: that's right yeah and and really so my you know my personal experience drafting is like i find it really hard to to pick someone because of just like i have no idea what to do with this i feel like the stakes are all wonky like mm-hmm. i could just pick i could just pick anyone i could pick michael gibbons in the 15th round who cares you know like
0: Right. I mean, we might not even have a season. I mean, that's why my last pick was so bulletproof, because I made my team a little bit more handsome. We're Cole Hamels. It's just. It might not matter. If we're just looking at uh, thumbnails for two months, I'd rather look at Cole Hamels and, I don't know, Brad Hand.
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, nice call back to another conversation, but yeah uh yeah i mean we're 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 at that point in in our draft that should give our listeners some context about what we're i mean we're at, like we're at the tail end we're at places where you're probably not super excited about the guys anyway and that's making it just really hard really hard to draft i mean i just took aj pollock okay like
0: <laughs> well so here's a que- there here's a question though does that i think that that's we just named two players cole hamels aj pollock i think that we are going to lean towards veteran players who even if they have an injury risk like holy shit they're going to have a couple extra weeks here to kind of get back into things and they have a few less weeks to break that's the
1: that's the key thing for me drafting somebody like aj pollock
0: yeah, no, I was I was already a little bit excited about him when I thought that he was going to get a hundred games. Now that it's like okay, he well, he's going to get a hundred games and everyone else is going to get a hundred ten. Yeah, <laughs> you know, hey, sure, I'll I'll roll the dice with him and and then but you also have the like, who's more likely to weather this? Is it someone who's been around the league a couple of years and is going to be able to? Um, shut it down, bring it back in, um, or is it, a, you know, um, you know, the new kid on the block from last year who are like, or is he going to repeat? And like, right. um, probably not. Well,
1: I think, I mean, for the young guys, it's so hard because you know you can see their you can see their growth in their career just by getting those getting those games played at the MLB level so if you mm-hmm. don't get those games played I mean there there's big career changing implications here I think
0: yeah oh man that's really sad wouldn't it be that would be really hard I mean you know that I, sad is all relative right I yeah. mean I think it, yep. it's, I would prefer not to be in a ventilator and I'm sure that everybody would prefer not to be in a ventilator let alone you know trying to every breath is a fight for their life. But I mean, for a lot of people and, you know, we're talking about baseball players, but well, people who are in restaurant jobs are just getting shit canned. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's sad to think about these players that were, that we know who are going to have their development um, stunted a little bit because this was going to be a big year for them.
1: Yeah. And you know, I think it's interesting also thinking about the guys that we drafted in we're in a keeper league, so it's interesting to think about the guys that you drafted as lottery tickets for a guy that might be a good keeper next year. You know, like we're not we're not gonna get any data or we're gonna get really small amounts of data on how those guys yeah know, how those guys are doing. We're not gonna know. Like, I don't know what to do with that. We're we're thinking about what to do with a reduced season in terms of models and data projects and Um, we're actually i think we're actually in an interesting spot because we as we've said repeatedly before we forecast rates rather than total numbers and so we're kind of thinking about how do we leverage that when when i'm going to be an optimist today when we get an announcement of how long the baseball season
0: is we'll be ready to go no that's what's great you know you have everybody has this sort of sense of, like, that's a 30, 100, yeah. player. You know, and that's... You can you just know the contours yeah. of, ooh, that's a 70-run guy versus an 80-run guy versus a 90-run guy. You just know those beats. Um, and so now, if, if we're talking about 110-game season, if we're talking about an 80-game season, yeah, I don't know how people are going to be able to... It, on the fly change those numbers. Yeah. Uh, but we are pretty set. You know, it reminds me of um, those like very, very elite chess players who have, I, I, I don't know if this is actually, I'm pretty sure that this is, this is true. A huge caveat. <laughs> but there's been a lot of um, studies on these very elite chess players who seem to have a photographic memory And they just, you know, the ones that are like playing three games at once are able to just hear what the move was and able to say, like, go here, go here, go here, go here. And a lot of people are like, wow, that's some of the most, those are some of the most intelligent people like that you can possibly imagine. I'd be one of them because I love chess. However, some studies have found that if you change the rules of how the chess pieces move, so if like a pawn were to move backwards, mm-hmm. if you were to say, if you're supposed to tell him like, okay, like deal with this, but the, these these rules are going to be slightly different. A horse isn't two and then one, it's actually three and then one, Ugh. you know, they completely, they can't remember any of it. It's so ingrained in the rules of the chess game that they have in their mind so this is going to be one of the most difficult fantasy seasons for anyone because the rules are going to be slightly different, yep. and everybody who is elite is going to actually be on their butt trying to figure out, like, how do I adjust? Um, I knew that was a 3100-100 player. Yeah. Uh, we have 100 games. Shoot, what is that going to be? I know the beats of the season. This is when I need to make the week four yes. is when I need to make my vital yep. pickups. This is when this is the last call on those players that somehow made out of camp. You know, those are gonna be different.
1: Yep. Yeah, I mean it's like it's like we're playing completely different formats this year and, and it'll be it'll be really interesting. And so so we've been thinking how what we can do numerically to confront that and we've settled on this idea of, uh, you know, a long-term sort of Bayesian model where once stats do start accruing, we have predictions for the rate that we think they're going to accrue. And then what we want to do yeah. is as quickly as possible assess whether a player is consistent with that rate or inconsistent mm-hmm. with that rate. And that'll tell us something about... Well, it'll tell us something about our forecasts and it should tell us something about how the player is actually actually going to do. Because, like you said... We're not going to have those baseline numbers to rely on this year. The best thing we can do is look at every single game essentially.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, I th- and I think that's going to be really interesting, hopefully we have a season.
1: Optimists today. Optimists today. But yes, so we uh so we're we're actively working on that and we've 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 started on this idea of survival analysis that specifically looks at what's called Censored data, which is when you only have partial observations, and so the idea would be that, or you haven't you you have to account for events that haven't occurred yet. And so, when we're talking about baseball players and the the stats that we forecast for them, this is a question of taking into account the stats that haven't haven't occurred yet. How do we how do we say this is still consistent with? the 30 home runs we forecast them for given the rates that we understand. And so that's the project that we're going to work on, uh, and maybe some other tools to work on that as well. Uh, we're obviously, we're not even to the make a GitHub stage yet. (laughs) We're to the, we're to the, we've identified the site package we think we want to use stage.
0: Yeah. That's somewhere between a conceptual model and, uh, (laughs) and I don't know, uh, well, theoretical model and conceptual model, I well, guess. It's
1: like it's like step 1.5, right? Because step 0 is like... Oh, I guess it's like step 0. 0.5. Because step 0 would be have the idea. <laughs> step 1 would be, you know, break out all your tools. And we're like... Yep. We think we have the tools. So I guess we're like step 0. 0.8, maybe.
0: Somewhere in there. Well, yeah. So this is going to be really good. And w- when... And what we're going to do first, and this might end up being all that we end up doing, but we're going to look at 2019 data and right. the, our forecast that we had in the beginning of 2019. And, hey, we, we might even re-forecast based on the improvements to the model. I believe that, that that is Mike's Mike's plan, actually. Um, and really push some players through this and see whether or not this would be valuable. Go through some case studies. Like, when was the day that we knew that Lorenzo Cain was not Lorenzo Kane right. in 2019? That'd be very... I mean, that's a really good date. Yep.
1: Right. We can try and give ourselves... And it would. I think it'd be really great if we could identify them in terms of number of plate appearances. Because that would be really valuable for this shortened season.
0: <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. Yep. You're right. Not date. But... Yeah. I think that about brings us to the review session brad hand
1: brad hand the the erstwhile cleveland closer
0: huh erstwhile i guess i guess that's (laughs) an appropriate use of that word (laughs) i think that is
1: an appropriate use of that word uh let's get some stats here brad hand with cleveland indians last year six wins four losses like that small loss number considering that we've looked at some other guys with larger ones 34 Mm -hmm. saves last year in 60 games he only pitched 57.1 innings so they're really they're really working in less than one inning and outing here he had a a nice 13.1 k per nine uh nice 2.83 walks per nine that's maybe a little bit less good but here's the number that actually really stuck out to me because we haven't talked about somebody like this yet he had less than one home run per nine and that's a that's a number that actually that i think number. actually appeals to me and that that helps of course, one of the things that having a low home runs helps with is that it helps keep your like FIP and xFIP low, relatively
0: low. Are we really gonna then jump over his place of birth? No,
1: of course not. We already alluded to it. I was gonna let you bring it up though. <laughs> I am. I'm only just seeing this. It's he's a Minnesotan. He is a Minnesotan, didn't we? We talked about this a couple of weeks ago when I discovered that didn't I we? could figure out where every oh. baseball player was from.
0: Oh, I think he, I, I guess he did. I don't think that I remembered
1: by accident. I mean, is there a worse fate for a Minnesotan than being sent to Cleveland?
0: Uh, yeah, being sent to the White Sox, the number one rivalry in baseball—Twins, White Sox. As
1: people repeatedly say, as people <laughs> repeatedly say, well, what else? You know what? If they don't make that next year's London series, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> it's a logical, logical step.
0: Uh, yeah, Doug Mankiewicz will still, still question, questioning the uh, first two rivalry series. Doug Mankiewicz. That's for Doug Mankiewicz. Uh Brad Hand, he throws, he throws two pitches. <sighs> that's what relievers do these
1: days. But he's got, but... He has really interesting pitch selection because he's got a fastball that's, like, 92-93, and then he's got a slider that's 81-82. I mean, that is, like... That is a lot of contrast in two pitches.
0: Um, I haven't taken a look at any of the arm slot stuff, but um, is that... Has that been positive for him? I think that... I, th- I thought so. I mean,
1: I, I don't think my understanding of brad hand is that that there's nothing to indicate that he won't be brad hand
0: right even yeah on a level of uh zero to brad hand he was pretty close to brad, brad hand, hand last year yeah. even though he, <laughs> it was not quite as wasn't as good of a season as i think a lot of people um expected based on the previous couple
1: but I would I would argue that we shouldn't have, like, that we, this, I would argue that this is, last year's Brad Hand is the Brad Hand.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, if you get that Brad Hand, you're, you gotta be pretty excited.
1: Yeah, and I think, I, is- I guess I think that people are, I don't actually know what his ADP is, but my sense from the drafts that we did is that he was going in the right spot. He's,
0: I- very properly valued, yeah, no, i, I think it basically if you if you're seeing him and you're thinking about Brad is Brad hand the option that I should take right now it's probably a yes, yeah, <laughs> if you don't already have it <laughs> right or no two no no I, okay, that's a really good way to say that that is a, that's an excellent statement if you're thinking about it, just just pull the trigger he's he's probably the guy for you um, <laughs> you know what team I wouldn't be surprised. If they won the division if you, this year in a shortened season, no, uh, I the Royals. You're talking about the Indians. No. The Indians. Well, I mean, they they could because they have a lot of pretty good veterans. They actually still have a pretty decent pitching staff, and then they have a couple of guys that are going to want to have a bounce back. I don't know. I mean, they could, especially if it was a 160 game season. I think that the Twins would be. Um, I wouldn't go anywhere else, but the Twins. But given twins are every other year are good. That's yeah. <laughs> over the last and they were, like, six years. They were
1: good last year, so
0: the White Sox are getting way too pumped up. The Royals and Tigers are bad.
1: The White Sox are too young. The White Sox are too young for a short season. The White
0: Sox are too young. And then um you know, that this Indians team is even in the wor- in the worst of situations, I don't know that this is we're talking about like a seventy win team. I think we're talking yeah. about a team that's flirting with five hundred at the end of the season. That's a kind of the that's a kind of team that could just like win an extra five to ten games.
1: I'll buy that, but then that sounds like you're talking me into valuing Brad Hand even a little bit higher. <laughs> Because Brad Hand's value on a seventy-win team versus Brad Hand's value on an eighty-win team is really different.
0: Yeah, but there, there again, I mean, like if you look at his value, it's, it seem that seems about right. I mean, if if because if he hits sixty-five innings, or you know somewhere between what do he do, seventy-two. So if we average the two the two years, mid-sixties for innings. Um, well, I mean, let's just say he did 70 innings where he had the chance to get, I don't think that he's going to get that many more than 35 saves, which is right where he's getting valued. But you're thinking maybe he gets 45.
1: No, no, no. But 40, I mean, the difference between 30 and four, thirty-five 35 and 40 saves is really big.
0: True. No, it is. No, I think that I'm, I think that the scenario that I'm talking about is where he gets 35 36 saves and is otherwise and that is Brad and then you're going
1: to get you're going to get the value that you paid for him if Brad gets 35 saves you're you're definitely valuing him right basically anywhere you're taking him yeah so which division should we do next and who should we (laughs) pick first
0: should we go to the lesser league yes you know let's just stay in the central Ooh. Craig, Ooh, let's Campbell. do it time for a little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes and follow us on Twitter Fantasy Tools, Mind the Z thank you Mild Manner, for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on SoundCloud and Facebook feel free to email us with questions or comments send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com again, Mind the Z all I've got left is worst of luck to you buddy worst of luck to you too